Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that crap. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. So if you were live from pretty much the mid 80s to throughout the 90s, Mike Tyson was pretty much in the news for one reason or another often for his uh, fighting skills and uh, often for his life off the court or field, the pin, the ring, out of the ring. <laughs> it's that's the ring, it. dude. <laughs> what do these boxers do? Did, they, did he make the ball in the hoop thing? Did that work out? Yeah. It's the ring. The ring, the ring, yeah. the ring, the ring. Yeah, he was, he was like famous. He was like, I think the youngest boxer to get the world heavyweight title. At the age of 20. Yeah, he was only 20. And my grandpa was into boxing. So we'd we'd watch matches. Um, And he was ferocious, dude. You could tell like he he had power. He had speed. He was a ferocious dude. I think one of his nicknames because of that was the baddest man on the planet. It was kind of true. For a couple of years there, after he won um, his his championship, he was the undisputed um, champion. And anybody who got in the ring with him, it was just he was indestructible, dude. Mm-hmm. Like for two years, two or three years or something, like he was completely indestructible. He was, he was the baddest you watch man on him the fight, planet. And you're right. He's solid. I mean, he throws a punch and you can tell that hurts and he's quick, it, but it's interesting too, because he's not super tall in fighter terms. Like you watch usually the guys he's fighting against are a bit taller than him, have a bit more reach, but he just gets in there. He moves around and he throws those solid punches. They just yeah. have to knock the person on their ass. Uh, I was watching in a thing where he was talking about that. He's like, when I went in that ring, my goal was to kill that person, to punch him so hard, you know, and that's a mindset I guess you have to be in, in order to win those fights. And it worked for him. Yeah. But I think maybe his problem is he didn't really get out of that mindset out of the ring, which is my, maybe why he got in trouble a lot. Yeah, he's a very emotional person too. You watch interviews with him, and like it points he's crying, it points he's you know talking about stuff, his upbringing and everything, and so you can kind of see how he would have problems outside the ring when it came to dealing with people. So I was, I actually didn't. That's why I like these. I actually looked into his like like childhood and stuff because I didn't even know where he was from or anything. Yeah, Brooklyn, but he he had a. Um, he kind of a single mom thing where his original, like his real father, like biological father was from Jamaica or something, never met him. And his mom married, um, like got with somebody, but I guess he was kind of a street guy. And, and like, not long after he was born, like the stepdad abandoned them. And then he was only 16, uh, when his mom died and his mom, um, uh, put him in like the care of a boxing, uh, manager. Yeah. Like as his legal guardian. So he got into boxing young. That's probably why he, he was so good. So young because he was like literally raised in it, but he was getting in trouble a lot even back then. But, uh, but he, he was, he was, he was still, he was in boxing ever since he was, he was young, like literally raised by a boxing manager. Right. Yeah. If you're raised in that environment, uh, you're gonna have something to do with it one way or the other. So that, that's kind of maybe the root of some of his troubles later is, you know, that, that, that kind of, but that's also maybe why he's a, such a fierce boxer is because for the same reason he gets in trouble is the same reason he's a kick-ass like boxer, you know, 
Yeah. So, yeah. So he wins the title at 20 in 1986 uh, and then 87. He adds the other titles, the WAIBF. There's, you know, different councils and associations and stuff like that. But what is interesting is that in 1990, really is his, he's at his peak, honestly. I mean, maybe a little after, a couple of years after, but still a fight that everyone predicted he should have easily won. And he ends up getting beat by Buster Douglas. Yeah, that was huge. Like in the sporting world in general, not just boxing. Because that was all over the news because Mike Tyson was the indestructible baddest man on the planet. And then he loses to Buster Douglas. Who the hell is Buster Douglas? And I remember because I don't know if they have this anymore, Milo. Maybe you can tell me, but did did they have pay-per-view now still? They still have pay-per-view, yeah. Yeah, because pay-per-view was kind of a new thing back then, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was on pay-per-view. And it cost a lot lot of money, dude. It was like like bank, you had to spend a lot of money to watch these fights, but my grandpa would get them. And so did 2 million other people. They, they forked out maybe their 60, $70 or however much it cost for the pay-per-view. And then, and then Mike Tyson lost, dude, everybody was freaked out because it's like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't know. According to some of my research, I think this is kind of when he started maybe getting a little, a little lax, a little out of shape, kind of like, uh, put that Rocky movie where he, he's got a lot of money now. And so he's got like the party going on during training and, and all this stuff. And Mickey's like, you're a bum, you're a bum. You're going to get beaten. And, and then Mr. T beats the shit out of him. Right. He's like, Oh, Oh, maybe I should take this seriously again. I had too much money. I need to get back into the, to the, the old school, like ghetto way of training. I think that's what happened, dude. I think, I think he got maybe a little soft. Yeah. And even he says he he appreciates that loss because it woke him up. Yeah, he got soft. He was partying too much. And he also fired his trainer prior to that fight. So he had a different trainer that he probably wasn't pushing him as hard either to where the previous trainer did. So all of that adds up and it makes sense. And Douglas went into that fight well-trained. Like he went in there basically training himself regularly up to it, thinking I'm going to, I'm going to surprise these fuckers and I'm going to fight a damn good fight. So they went in it with very different mindsets. And Tyson talks about this too. Like your mindset, when you step into that ring, that has an impact on how that fight goes. Yeah. Well, Buster Douglas probably trained hard because he's getting in the ring with iron Mike Tyson. Yeah. Like you train hard just to lose properly and not get murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could, you, you know, he, he, he wanted to win, but I'm sure he's like, well, I also don't want to get my head knocked off like too hard by <laughs> Mike Tyson. So I got to yeah. train hard, but it's interesting because Douglas, he, he became world heavyweight champion and then he lost it to Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Uh, the next fight to defend it. It just goes. Yeah. You sometimes you're, you're in that zone perfectly. Yeah. But that was a huge upset, especially when you're a kid in the eighties and you're playing Mike Tyson's punch out. That Nintendo even named a game after him. And it was um, a fun so, game. Like everybody played it and you get to Tyson. You're like, I can't beat Tyson. Dude, Tyson was so hard because yeah. all the other, all the other ones are, you can kind of develop a little pattern, but not Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. You don't know what he's going to do. It's almost just kind of luck and, and perseverance. Cause you, you can't, there's no pattern at all. It's completely random. And Mike Tyson beat the shit out of me. Oh man, he did. He <laughs> yep. beat the shit out of me all hundreds of times before I finally got him. But then 
so that's the mindset you're in too, watching this fight with my grandpa. Like, oh yeah, here we go. Buster Douglas gonna, when are we gonna knock his head off? But he won. That was a trip. That was a huge deal. Oh, it was crazy to watch. Yeah. Crazy fight to watch. Well, then stuff started after that started getting a little, uh, a little worse. Yeah. That's, that's, I think where the personal life comes in is, uh, you know, less than stellar marriage to Robin Givens, the actress. And of course the uh, rape conviction. Yeah. That was in the news too. Um, she was just uh, Desiree, Desiree Washington was like Miss Black Rhode Island. And she was only 18. And there was that whole big thing about, um, well, it was consensual. And she's like, no, I don't, I don't think it was. But then his, the chauffeur was like, nah, she looked pretty upset. And he went to court at, in Indiana and, and they can, they convicted him of being a rapist. And he went to jail. He went to prison. And he lost an appeal as well. I think the first appeal and then it went to a higher court and then they uh-huh. didn't hear it. So he, he did try to appeal it and lost that as well. So I know Desiree Washington got a lot of flack then in the same way that it happens now with um, like the Kobe Bryant one, or not now, I mean, a few years ago, the same thing. The girl gets a lot of flack because these celebrity athletes are so loved and popular that people can't believe that they might do something like this. And the reality is we have to, to an extent, trust in the court system. I mean, I know we hear situations of people falsely being convicted of things, but you have to hopefully believe that the court was right in this decision. Well, and he, he went to, he went to prison for what, almost three years. Yeah. Um, And then he was on probation and then he had to register as uh, like some kind of a sex offender, federal law. They had to register. So he got busted pretty hard there. Um, so I think he went back to after that focus on fighting again, and he wanted to to fight Holyfield before he went to prison. But I think he got injured during training, and then Ho- Holyfield ended up losing his title to Moore, right? But he still wanted to fight Holyfield because that was like everybody was waiting for that one. Yeah, that was happen, the fight right? everybody wanted to watch. Exactly, I remember that. Like it was all the like, when are they going to fight? Can't wait to see them fight. And that was. Well, that was the late nineties where that was the big, that was the big thing. Everybody, I remember I was in, I was in the Navy and we all were trying to like pull our money together. See what, see if we could get some, like, we, we were also looking at the satellites to see what kind of like, if we could get, cause we had military satellites <laughs> and we're talking with our buddies, like, Hey, you think we could get that pay-per-view action? You know, <laughs> we'll watch that. Like, uh, only make this happen on the ship here. Come on. <laughs> but then they finally had their fight. Right. Um, even though Holyfield was in retirement, he's like, come out of retirement. We want to make it happen. And I think it was what late, late 96, mm-hmm. they fought and they, they called it the finally fight in Las Vegas. And it was, a uh, uh, Holyfield defeated Tyson by a technical knockout. So that was kind of a thing that I guess people are like, well, I guess that decides that, but then they had an- another one after that. <laughs> they had another fight. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that one too, is I think that's when Tyson probably realized he didn't have it in him anymore because he still should have been able to win that fight. He wasn't that old. He was in decent shape, but I think at some point he lost that mental desire to be a champion. I think he did that fight a little bit, maybe for the money and just a little Mm -hmm. bit to prove that he could beat Holyfield. But I don't know if he really wanted to be whole, you know, he didn't have that desire. That's, that's my assumption. I don't know, obviously. Uh, yeah. I've watched a few 
documentaries about him and stuff. And he kind of insinuates that, that he didn't have it in, in him anymore. Well, and I think once you get money, that kind of might mess you up if you're, you know what I mean? N- yeah. Not, not everybody. There are a lot of athletes who make a lot of money and they still kick ass. Right. But I think some people, they get a lot of money. It kind of messes them up because he ended up, he was, he had tens of millions of dollars from all his stuff. And he ended up declaring bankruptcy. He had just as much, if not more debt than he did money. Oh yeah. I mean, there was, I can't remember which fight it was. I mean like 30 million from one fight or something yeah. like that. And it's just like, you take all that money and just blow it on buying shit. It's fucking insane. But see, my thing, broke ass. I just like if you gave me thirty million dollars to fight someone, I go in there and get my ass beat, and then yeah, I have totally. thirty million dollars, and I'd be set forever, man. Because I just live my simple life, you know. <laughs> well, and that's it. We talk about his child. He didn't have that caregiver at any point, really, to teach him how to handle that aspect of the celebrity. He had the one one trainer that kind of raised him, but that he was dead by then, and so. Tyson didn't really have somebody to really teach him how to manage his life. And, you know, you're not going to question Mike Tyson. You're going to be like, Hey, uh, iron Mike, uh, I don't really think you need to buy that Bentley. You know, Mike would be like, fuck you do it. I'll punch you in the face. I'll buy whatever I want. And you're like, all right, Mike, you buy whatever you want. <laughs> okay, okay, Mike. <laughs> yep, yep. You want the Bentley? You go, go for it. I was just saying, you know, maybe, but I'm, I'm cool. We're cool. Yeah. Man. Yeah. We're cool, man. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what they then ended up was it uh, maybe a year later, he fought Evander Holyfield again. And they were the Tyson camp was already having problems with um, what they called Holyfield's like frequent headbutts, right? Yeah. Well, and that's it. You watch the fight, the first Holyfield fight, they do comment on it. I mean, Holyfield gets flagged for accidental headbutts during that first fight. Mm. And so Tyson is a little phased from that. It's hard to watch though, because you watch the fight and depending on the angle, it just kind of looks his head's in really close there. It's hard to tell that he's intentionally headbutting it. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't look like it's me, but I'm obviously not a, a boxing expert. To me, it just looks like his head's getting in there really close during the fight, but you know, maybe it was. Intentional or not or whatever, it, it finally ticked Mike Tyson off. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? What do you do, Milo? He finally he finally the man went in the ear. I'm gonna take a little piece of off. your ear with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Delicious cartilage. <laughs> <laughs> he bit his ear, dude. He bit yeah. both of them, and one of them was enough to take a little chunk, and they found it on the ring. Man, he it, like took a little nibble right out of it, dude. He got pissed. Yeah. Needless to say, they called off that fight. Because the first time he bit his ear, he just got a warning. He did. They didn't even stop it then. And then he bit the other ear and he bit a little chunk of it out. And so the ref called it like, disqualified. And people were pissed because they spent a bunch of money to go see the fight. And now it's disqualified because yeah. Mike Tyson bit a little chunk of Evander Holyfield's ear off. <laughs> and then they canceled the fight. And there was like a riot, dude, in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the ring. There was a, like a riot. People were pissed. And pe- some people got hurt and stuff. It's kind of bad. <laughs> that's crazy stuff, right? Yeah, that's a lot of adrenaline and testosterone, testosterone, testosterone in the uh, ring there. And then you got all the people at the fight that are all pumped up as well. And they want to see like a good boxing match. And what do they see? They see somebody bite somebody else's ear off and the ref's calling the fight. And they're like, oh, I still want to see a fight. You, if, if you're not going to fight, we will. I will do it now. There's going to be a fight in here somehow, some way. I pay good money. 
<laughs> yeah. Gosh, man. Yeah. But then he had a, he had a few fights after that, but I think that was kind of, that um, was it. Yeah. That was it. And he, he, he retired, he got bankrupt and, and, and ended up retiring, did some exhibitions. Um, one of the, like the wrestling thing as a guest, he got paid $3 million just to be like a, what do they call it? An enforcer. Mm-hmm. And then he's actually done a lot of pop cultural kind of stuff. Like he had his car, he had his own cartoon, like on adult swim. Yeah. That's crazy. I've never seen that. That's, I, I feel like I need to watch it now. Yeah. But he's got a lot of that stuff going on and I, I kind of want to watch it now. Me too. Um, he has, he has seven kids. One of them, one of them died, unfortunately, but between his three marriages, he had seven kids, um, one adopted. And then he's really kind of, um, he's doing, he's doing his Muslim thing mm-hmm. and he's doing his vegan thing. So he's like a Muslim vegan now. So that's kind of good. I, I think because maybe he just needs like some kind of peace and stuff, you know, yeah. he seems like the kind of guy who needs some kind of like a uh, Muslim vegan kind of stuff going on to, to kind of temper his soul or whatever. He, uh, he still looks pretty healthy too. Yeah. Even you see him now, he's still, it seems like he's in pretty decent shape. I mean, obviously not fighting shape or anything, but he doesn't look too bad. Well, I, I wouldn't provoke him. No, hell no. Even today. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't provoke him. <laughs> yeah. He has definitely received a bit of a redemption arc in, in senses because of that whole, you know, rape thing and his marriage. But ever since then, it seemed, yeah, well, he, and he had a few other things. He got into some fights with some people on, on in a car thing at one point. Yeah, road rage thing. Road he, went back to, he went back to actually uh, prison for that a little bit for a little while too. And it seems like he's gotten a bit of a pass on all of that, especially in the era of cancel culture that we still will put him into movies, doing guest cameos in movies and stuff like that. So it's interesting how he has managed to come out of all of that still somewhat intact, you know? Yeah, I don't know how other people do a lot l- less worse things and get like yeah. they get put in a trunk and buried forever. So who knows? It's something about him. I think just because he has such an interesting story, like him or hate him, he definitely has an interesting story. Yeah, and he. I mean, I think everybody just remembers like how good of a boxer he was. He was he was like up there as one of the greatest boxers of all time, right? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see him at his peak against um, Muhammad Ali at his peak, or you know, there's yeah. a couple other in there that. But I'd, some fight like that would have been awesome to see both of them at their peaks. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I guess he's he's pretty chill now. That's that's good. Found some peace, man. I saw him when I was in Vegas once, not in a fight, like in a in a restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was there, and we were sitting down at one table, and it was you know it was a big place. And it was middle of the day lunch and Tyson comes in, he's got his, you know, group of people around him and they're sitting down at a table, not far from us. And I kind of felt a little bad for him because he's sitting there, he's trying to eat his food. Right. But it's a public place and people kept coming up to him and taking his picture and stuff. And it's like, he's got food in his mouth and they're taking his picture and you're like, just fucking leave the guy alone. Let him eat his fucking food, you know? And uh, so we, we obviously did do that, but he was like two tables over. I mean, he was really close. So it, yeah. was, it was kind of cool. Yeah. It was like, that's my guys. I know my God. And then it was, like, <laughs> wow. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. Well, when, when was that? Well, it was a long time ago. That was, um, I don't know, 2002, 2003, something like that. Early was he a 2000s. big guy? Yeah. He was a pretty, he's a, uh, still, like I said, he still looks solid. I mean, yeah. Yeah, big name. he didn't look as big as you kind of imagine him, but yeah, he was definitely a big guy. Yeah. I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want, I mean, 
I fought him a hundred times on Mike Tyson's punch out. So I got nothing but like respect for his skills. When it took you a hundred <laughs> times to finally beat him. It did, dude. It's not even, it's not even an exaggeration. Like for a whole year. Oh, where's Jamie? Oh, he's trying to be, beat Mike, Mike Tyson again. He finally made up Mike Tyson. He can't beat him. I couldn't beat him, dude. I think I eventually gave up. I don't think I ever actually beat Mike Tyson. I think I just got to a point where I'm like, nope, I'm not going to fight him anymore. Him. I give up. <laughs> I beat him though. I finally beat him. And I remember that because my, I just went, I, I, you'd think I actually beat the real guy because <laughs> I just went ape shit, dude. I was just like, yes, victory. I started throwing my paddle around. Yeah. I just go, I went off, dude. And everybody's like, what's going on? Yeah. I've, I finally beat him, but he beat the shit out of me a hundred times before I could beat him <laughs> at least a hundred times, man. Oh, I know. I believe it. Like I said, I gave up. I'm like, fuck yeah, you, Tyson, you beat me. <laughs> well, I got you, Mike. And if you ever want a rematch, I'm your Huckleberry. I'll go, I'll go get, I'll get hit an old Nintendo beat your ass again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but not in real life though, man. I'm not, I'm not provoking you in real life. Don't, don't, no. I don't want to meet you. In no. real life. At any age, <laughs> any age. I no. Nope. I don't care. What are you, 100, Mike? I don't care. You can still. Nah, 100-year-old Mike Tyson still whip my ass. That's for, <laughs> that's for sure. Absolutely. All right, folks. It's the end of the show time. So we're going to end it like we usually do by saying check us out on the 80s and 90s.com. And we are out of here like Evander Ole Holyfield's ear. Tastes great. Less filling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny because you know what? I, like, like I go to China and they have, they actually eat pig ears like as a snack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of crunchy because of the cartilage. And I wonder, like, if you'll put a little spice, like a little Sichuan peppercorn or something, on on Evander Holyfield's ear, like, would it, it be taste the kind same of like a, it would be kind of a little crunchy snack? I bet Maybe. you would. It'd probably be very similar. Like, fry it up, put some seasoning. Yeah. In. When you become a cannibal someday. <laughs> Try a, try a little ear and let us know. <laughs> no, it's got to be Evander Holyfield's ear, though. It's I got some normal schlub. I want some high quality ear. That particular piece is. I wonder if they sewn it back on, or did they like you know put it in chloroform and it's just kind of sitting on a shelf in a jar. Well, we live in such we live in such a capitalist society. Maybe he just tried to sell it. That's probably what I would do. Like a Ferengi. Yeah, <laughs> I'd sell, it. sell that shit. I got I got a I got a thousand dollars for my little ear. <laughs>